Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Ward. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. We are recording in a thunderstorm, so if you hear thunder, it is not a sound effect. This is Florida. This is real life. <laughs> it's not our stomachs. <laughs> <laughs> Although that might happen, too. I mean, you never know. I did eat Taco Bell, so you never yeah, know. I had sushi, so. <laughs> We're doomed. Whoops. This podcast is doomed right Ooh. from the beginning. Well, I, hey, we did warn them because the title is about food. That's true. So, <laughs> anything can happen with peanut potatoes, you know, Taco Bell, sushi. Memento Mori. Memento Mori. Remember death. Remember death. We are all mortal. <laughs> We're all going to die someday. Perfect way to start off our podcast. And today might be the day with the Woo! thunderstorm and the Taco Bell and sushi. So. Oh my gosh. We're excited to be doing these like big meaty topics. Yes. And our first one, it was kind of like out of frustration, <laughs> but also out of excitement. Yes. Like frustration because reasons, which will <laughs> <laughs> things. It's- it's like doing the potty dance when you're four years old. Yeah. <laughs> but, but at the same time, like, excitement because they talked about a lot of these things in conference. It was so perfectly timed that we just knew that this was going to be the right topic for this week, which Beautiful. we are talking about the patriarchy. It's <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah, so because in our first episode, we brought out our tagline, smash the patriarchy. With the spirit and a smile. Um, so I thought we could, we thought we could expound on to what exactly that means. And why we have made that our tagline. Mm-hmm. Because it's important. It really is important. Mm-hmm. It is, especially in our culture of the LDS church. It plays such a huge part, and it's important that we better understand what it means and the way it should be properly um because with society and you've got the natural man and people ruin everything yeah so (laughs) we should know what the patriarchy should be like and what it's supposed to be for us and our church and the good that it can do for us um so we're gonna go ahead and dive in um as i'm obsessed with words are you obsessed with words? Not nearly as much okay. as you. I'm very obsessed with <laughs> words. Um, so my favorite way to start off anything is, well, and I know a lot of people do it with their talks too in church, but definitely for this podcast, we need to make it very clear. So according to Google, patriarchy means a social system in which men hold primary power and predominate in roles of political leadership, moral authority, social privilege, and control of property. Some patriarchal societies are also patril- uh, patrilineal. Thank you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning that property and title are inherited by the male lineage. Does that sound familiar? Yes. yes. All right. Um, yeah, so just some basic examples are, yeah, how, how inheritance is always played out from father to son, father to first son, mm-hmm. maybe the second son. And if there's daughters, they were not included for until, like, in the last hundred years, I did not do my research on that. Um, but then also, how people who get named after their parents are going to be guys. I know, I know a person who's the sixth in the line. Isn't that weird? That's just, in my personal opinion, that's like really self-centered. <laughs> like, you think you're that great that you need to have six more of you? Yeah. Why? Like, can you imagine me naming like 
my daughter Tracy. That would just be like a curse. Like, why would I do that to my daughter? Right. Well, then also, at the and then same her time, daughter though. is also Tracy the third, and then her daughter after her, Tracy the fourth. Like Tracy that's just fourth. it's so pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um. Although I do want to call it because I know there's going to be some people who want to mention Gilmore Girls. Oh yeah. Um. I Lorelei do not. Rory. I've only watched the yeah. first episode, yeah. so I'm not going to say anything more in their defense. But that's. The one case I know about where a woman named her daughter. Yeah. But everything else is always meant, and I'm charging. I don't... Anyways. I was actually got really heated. I'm not going to go on a tangent right now, because I've already done that with myself, like, five times in the last week or so of re- doing this research. That was the only actual definition of the patriarchy that I could find that was not negative about women. Okay, like, on Urban Dick... Of course! Right? Oh, my okay, gosh. No, Oh, and then I think there was one more that was a little bit more factual on Urban Dictionary, which I thought would be kind of friendly, you know, gender friendly. It was not. Like, five of them were all like, oh, the patriarchy is a whole weird social system created by man-hating feminists that don't mean anything. And it's just about women being all angry that they don't have enough, even though they clearly have more than everyone else, and they're just being whiny. Also, like... I love it that men think that feminists hate men. Right? Like, that's not even the case. Like, we're both feminists. Yes. And we don't hate men. No. I hate some men. Yeah. Because, yeah, who why doesn't would, hate some men? Why would you not hate like, a few people? Everyone has people that they strongly dislike, and yes. some of those people that I strongly dislike happen to be men. Yes, just that's normal. Yes. But feminists just want equality. It mm-hmm. means that we treat men and women equally. It doesn't mean that we hate men and think that we're better than men. It just means that we want to be equal. Equally respected, equal partners, equal everything. And we want to be seen as more evenly balanced, which in many ways we already are, but we're just not seen in that way. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, so you want to be like put in the draft. Oh, you want to make it okay so I can punch you. Yes. That makes me so mad. Make it okay so you can punch me so that way I can punch you back and be like, whoa, we're equal. You punch me, I punch you. Law of Moses, bitch. I mean, (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, and then that's that's just beside the point. I don't, and I mean, yeah, I'm okay with men opening doors for me. It's not that we're against chivalry either, but I'm totally okay to, hey, if I see you coming up behind me, I'm going to open the door for you as well. And I expect you to have human decency. And not to take genders for granted for any reason. That's all. Something we do want to highlight is that the patriarchy does not equal the priesthood. That is not the same thing by any means. Priesthood is the power of God put on the earth. Patriarchy is a social system created by man. By man. For, for man. man. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> yeah, and so for those who, who don't even believe that the patriarchy exists, that men and women are equal, then... You don't need to get all angry about this. You can politely get out if you're angry right now. Or listen and learn. Um, (laughs) You're a lot nicer because I'm like, just get out. (laughs) Just kidding. And I mean, hey, yeah, if you already think we're equal, then then listen and learn and let's see where we're at on that. And so you can listen to this and see if we're all on the same page. And this silly immortal life that we all agree to. Yeah. Um, And when we talk about smashing the patriarchy... It's not 
that we want to smash men <laughs> and destroy them and everything that they've made. That's not the case no. either. It really just means we want to double check the system and make sure that we are actually giving everyone the equality and the equal respect that they deserve. Equal mm-hmm. rights, equal respect, mm-hmm. equal pay, mm-hmm. equal everything. We just want everyone to have that equality. Yeah, we want to have the opportunity to really learn and thrive as much as possible. And, you know, there have been studies, there's proof within cultures and even within the church that the more equal we are on a balanced platform, men and women, the more we can thrive together. Yeah. And hello, Zion. That's what we're (laughs) aiming for, isn't it? Literally. So. And it's so... (laughs) That, like, ties in perfectly because the gospel of Jesus Christ that we believe in is priesthood-led and organized, which means, Mm -hmm. like Kaylee said, the power of God on earth is given to men. Men are bearers of the priesthood, but women still are blessed greatly by the priesthood. Mm -hmm. We may not physically hold it in our hands, (laughs) We may not be able to lay our hands on people's heads and give Mm -hmm. them blessings, but that doesn't negate the fact that we have priesthood power within us. Yes. Through our covenants, through our callings, Mm -hmm. through everything that we do. So the gospel is priesthood-led and organized, which is fine and perfect. But we do know that there are people in the culture of the church Mm -hmm. that take this way too far and think that because they have the priesthood they are in charge they are better they have to have their hands in everything even if it doesn't pertain to them and what they say goes we are really going to be talking today about how to not have that mentality and to recognize like that the divine roles of both men and women are there to make us equal and to yes. make us a balance for one another. And again, we're not here to hate on men. No, this is not, and we're not diving into toxic masculinity. It, this is not a whole man hating. Here's why you guys are all wrong. No. That's... We need men. Yes. We like men. Yes. We need good men. Yes. That's what we're trying to say. So smashing the patriarchy means challenging the dominant social, political, and cultural system that values masculinity over femininity. The patriarchy perpetuates oppressive and limiting gender roles, sexual assault, and the political and economic subordination of women. So smashing the patriarchy really just means challenging and confronting the assumptions underlying the system. The patriarchy hurts both men and women, and both men and women can challenge it. And this is coming from... An article that I read on Quora the other day regarding how the patriarchy hurts people for men. This could look like a male leader publicly demanding that panels he's invited to um, has at least one woman on it. So that's something he can do to make sure they're helping. It could also be a man calling out to other men when they say sexist things, especially if there are no women present. It is so easy to just give into that small bit of peer pressure where it's like, haha, yeah, that's a funny joke about rape. Uh-huh. No. If they're saying bad things, don't let them get away with it just because there's no one there that's going to fight them about it. We need men who are willing to defend women even when they're not around. Yeah. Um, Then a male executive insisting that his company's insurance cover both, cover birth control and provide daycare, especially if this doesn't benefit him directly. Um, That would be amazing. Right? Especially because, like, health insurance covers, like, Viagra now. So, like... That's true. Can we get companies to get on board with the whole, like... 
we're gonna fund birth control and right well and then we're still the america is still the only first world country that does not have mandated what's the word maternity maternity leave thank you yeah yeah and like i tell people that and they're like wait what Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand, but... We're a hot mess. We're a mess, and this is not okay. There is at least still the option for businesses to provide those voluntarily. It provides so many more opportunities in that direction, which is just amazing. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that a man can do is provide his, his son, the other young men in his life, with opportunities to engage in traditionally feminine activities. Feminine activities can mean anything from babysitting to baking to cleaning. Sewing. Just like, and we're all listing those things that you do around the house. Which, to be totally honest, everyone should be helping with things around the house regardless Mm -hmm. of your gender. But like even traditionally feminine activities like ballet. We need more male ballet dancers. We need more. Musical theater. If you go to any college campus anywhere across the country (laughs) what is the one thing that they always need more of male performers Mm -hmm. we always need male performers that's very true always there are never enough dudes on that stage you practically have to pay them to show up to rehearse and do all that stuff so like honestly i love it when fathers tell their sons or let their sons be interested and engaged in those kind of activities Mm -hmm. because it really shows that you support them so much as a child like you want them to find who they are and if they're going to do that through ballet through swim through football through musical theater through playing the piano through playing the flute through baking competitions whatever it is like Mm -hmm. that's perfect you are doing a great job as a man if you are letting your son do all of those things and you're doing a great job as a woman if you're letting your daughter do all of those things too yeah i mean it takes just as much courage to chase down a ball with people chasing you to cry on stage in front of strangers okay nothing like that should really be gendered because everyone should have the opportunity to experience those new opportunities and to thrive in new ways not find themselves confined to a role just because of their gender yeah so for women doing little things to smash the patriarchy can be raising your children to treat everyone equally Mm -hmm. treat everyone the same that's what jesus would do right and even just this just in raising your child to be a feminist it just can play into like your girl doesn't need to play with dolls all the time like I have two nieces this year and everyone's like, oh, you're going to be such a cute little princess. You can be anything. You can be a dancer. You can be an artist. And I was like, girl, you can be anything you want. You can be a garbage collector if you want to. That is a hard and dangerous job. Be a scuba instructor. Be anything you want to be. Don't just think about the very basic opportunities that are given to you because of your gender that are expected of you. So other ways that we can smash the patriarchy as women, demanding consent in sex as well as in physical contact. Oh, yes. Um, it's not so much demanding, but it's expecting there to be consent in everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, I wouldn't go up to a random person on the street and, like, throw my arms around them and hug them. Oh, wow. And if someone no. tried to do that to me, I would probably punch them in the throat. So, if you're asking, hey, can I have a hug? Or, hey, can I hug you? Why would you not have the same thing for sex? Yeah. Just consent. That's important. Um, another thing is not buying into the beauty industry unless you genuinely want to. So, feeling like you have to look a certain way because that's what society says is 
not at all why you should be buying makeup or buying any sort of beauty product. If you are genuinely interested in makeup and you are passionate about that art and everything like that, obviously go do it. But don't feel like you have to do it because everybody else is doing it. So we already touched on this, but pursuing careers and speaking out in male-dominated fields. Yeah. So, garbage collecting restaurants yep do it if you want it do it and ugh, it is so hard and i've read so many articles and i i see it in the news all the time how hard it is for women to raise up they are judged so much more critically than men are they can never be perfect enough which is very unfortunate it's yeah. we are very limited in this world so it's important that both women and men are helping each other in their career fields mm-hmm. and exploring their options and supporting one another yeah and then the last one is speaking out publicly about sexual harassment and sexual assault a big thing for me is not victim blaming yes so recognizing that if someone is sexually assaulted if someone is raped anything along those lines it is never the victim's fault Never. It doesn't matter what they were wearing. It doesn't matter how much they were drinking. It doesn't matter where they were. It does not matter because everyone has a right, everyone, male or female, has a right to drink, to go out at night, to dress up, to to wear whatever they want, regardless of their gender. And it makes me sick to my stomach and furious that anyone would think that it's a woman's fault that she was raped. We need to stop telling men that it's okay for them to behave like that because women are dressed a certain way. It means nothing. You are responsible for your own behavior. You are responsible for who you are touching, for what you are doing with your body. And if you are trying to impose that on another person without their consent, you are in the wrong period. So women and men need to speak out more about this issue. And that would be, in my opinion, the greatest way that we can smash the patriarchy. Oh, definitely. Especially because it is still, I mean, I know we think we're talking about enough, but we're still not. The fact (laughs) that people are still getting buried under the pain and emotional toil of it. The fact that there are limited court cases because everyone's too afraid to say anything the fact that everyone still questions the victim and says, like, are you really sure? Mm-hmm. Are you sure you weren't doing this or that? I mean, that is still victim blaming. You need to be willing to believe them yeah. because that's the main issue that is that I keep finding is the biggest, the biggest hump that we can't get over. Because as much as we want to talk about it, we have to show that we believe what others are saying. It, it's just, it's not okay. And when you're smashing the patriarchy, it's important to use the spirit. So the Holy Spirit is there to help us and to guide us, to give us those promptings that we should be listening to for moments to, you know, help invite someone to speak up. Sometimes it's to know when to be quiet. It's to know when to help one another and to know when there is truth. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important that we utilize the gifts that are bestowed upon us by our Heavenly Father, such as the Holy Ghost, to make sure that we are doing all that we can to grow and to help one another. And of course, we should smile and be a good person, but also not take people's crap. I think that's the big thing with us. Like, we decided smash the patriarchy with the spirit and the smile because, as our tagline, essentially, because we do use the spirit when we're trying to smash the patriarchy at the cultural level of our church. 
like we are constantly trying to remind people in a uplifting way that we all have unique gifts and talents that we bring to the table whether you're male or female Mm -hmm. and we need to have the spirit to recognize what those gifts are in the people around us right and to let them come forth and then with a smile is like we're going to tell you when you're wrong Mm -hmm. we're going to call you out on your crap yes but i'm still gonna be nice and respectful to you right like i'm not going to (laughs) demean you all the way back to adam and eve no (laughs) but i'm gonna tell you when you're wrong and you're being a sexist troll yes and that's gonna be the end of it right while we're smashing the patriarchy, we can still be uplifting. Yeah. Kind of the message. That's our overall message, yeah. Mm-hmm. We wanted to have a gospel-centered discussion on the roles of women and mm-hmm. really focus on the doctrine of women and the priesthood and that sort of thing. So right. this ties into what the patriarchy kind of goes with. Well, and then, yeah, it, ten- it tends to tie into if there's a patriarchy where all the <laughs> men are in charge, what are women doing? Yeah. Their traditional role is as wives and mothers and where they're, you know, they're the ones in the kitchen. They're the ones taking care of the babies. They're just those taking care of the next generation of men. But that's not the case for the gospel. Because if you look back, even in the Bible, like we're going to go all the way back to Adam and Eve. Eve was created because it was not good for man to be alone. Meaning that Adam needed a partner. Adam needed someone. He couldn't be alone. He couldn't grow and develop and become like God if he didn't have a partner. And that partner had to be Eve. Had to be a woman. Honestly, this is all in Genesis. You can read it. It's all in the Bible. It's all in the Bible. It's all in Genesis. It's also in, if you have the Pearl of Great Price, it's all in Abraham. And if you have the Book of Mormon, it's all in 2 Nephi chapter 2, all about the fall of Adam and Eve. So I highly suggest you read this. They talk about how Adam and Eve were both instructed and commanded to two things. One was to not eat the forbidden fruit. And two was to go forth and... I'm sorry, I'm translating it into English because I only know it in Tagalog. Go forth and... Multiply and replenish. Multiply and replenish. Thank you. (laughs) I was thinking Tagalog of Uh Humayo and Makpakarami. And I was like, nobody's going to know what that is. So... (laughs) Multiply and replenish the earth. Thank you. Multiply and replenish the earth. So those were the two commandments that God gave them. And he also gave Adam another commandment, which was Eve was supposed to remain with him. Like Mm -hmm. he was supposed to remain with Eve. They were supposed to remain together as like a partnership. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So the fact that Eve chose to eat the apple Mm -hmm. made it possible for them to multiply and replenish the earth, gain knowledge, Mm -hmm. grow, learn. And because she gave the fruit to Adam, Mm -hmm. they were able to do all of that together. Yes, that was the only way to fulfill God's commandments to them for mankind. And he knew upon giving those to Adam and Eve that they were contradictory to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Okay, they couldn't do both. Or they, they couldn't... They couldn't not eat the fruit. Yes. And so multiply and replenish the earth. Yes. There were limitations. That's how it went. God knew this and Eve understood this as well. She knew mm-hmm. that in order for them to obey our Heavenly Father to the fullest, that certain things had to happen. And she knew it would be hard but she was willing to do it. All right. So then with another one, we can even talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary was like 16. I think 14, actually. Yeah. She was really young. A child. She was young 
AF, number one. Mm. She was not married at this not point. Not yet, no. No. And she trusted Gabriel as a messenger for God enough to be the handmaiden of the Lord and bear the Savior, knowing full well that in doing so, as an unmarried young woman, meant that she would probably suffer a very painful and public death. Like, she would probably be stoned to death. Even though the world at this point was very much a patriarchal society and very much a strongly male-dominated, male-led, male-run everything. Right, well, and then even on top of that, even if they didn't really fully understand that what they were capable of, they had the faith <laughs> to go forward anyways and trust in the Lord that things would turn out right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went and saw, when I was in Utah some time ago, it was my my family took us to go see this production of some show centered around Christ during the holidays, and I'd never seen it exemplified in such a manner to point out that when Mary was told the news, she was basically getting herself set up to to die, to or even if she did live, she probably wouldn't get married if her husband-to-be, Joseph, found out he did not have to end up marrying her. Mm-hmm. He could sentence her to death, or he could send her out of town and just be like, you're you're dead to me, you're dead to everyone, you're worthless. And she trusted in the Lord and was like, okay, this, something's going to happen. And, you know, she had to pray with Joseph, she had to hope for all these good things to happen, which, you know, panned out. But the amount of faith that she had to have to go through with all that was more than anything I could even imagine. And there are so many other examples like that. Like, even, like, Esther is such a good example of a strong woman in this male-run society from the Bible where she was brave enough to go in to her husband, the king, Mm -hmm. to save her entire people. Like, all of those things. So, like, just from the Bible alone, we have so many examples of women who have strength, power, honor, and valor from the dawn of time, (laughs) literally, like, the dawn of this earth. And you can clearly see that that's how God made it. Like, God made women to be like this. Mm -hmm. Like, we aren't weak, we aren't passive, we aren't less than anything. We are just as strong, we are just as powerful, we are faithful, we are everything. Like, we're amazing, and you need to recognize that, and it's in the scripture, so. (laughs) Yes, and if you even need more current examples, Emma Smith was an incredible, incredible human being mm-hmm. there have been i love how there have been a few movies out in the last couple of years alone just emphasizing different aspects of her story and how yeah. much she endured and how much she did just for the for the church for the people and for everything that she's done that continues to affect us today i mean she supported her husband she bore every burden that he bore which was a lot yeah um, she helped lead the church and she was a pillar of strength from the beginning to the end I mean, everything that she did that has helped the church out is, it's, it's a miracle. She's a miracle. And all while giving birth to children oh that constantly died. Oh. Like, and I, I totally understand, like, why she left at the mm-hmm. end, like, of everything. I totally understand it. I would have left long before her. But, like, she constantly was having children that would live, like, a week or a day or, like, mm-hmm. a few minutes and then they would die And then her husband would get, like, tarred and feathered the next day. Mm -hmm. Or, like, vice versa. Like, all of these things were happening to her, and she continued to go and be the boss that she was. Like, I just, I love her. She's she's incredible. Mm -hmm. And 
I mean, there, there's so many examples overall from the beginning of the earth to today. We have so many of our own women in the church who we look up to and who we can recognize for their contributions to helping women find who they really are um, for everything that they do to encourage us along the way and change the way women are viewed in the church. There is there are so many amazing women yeah. that we could we could spend a whole episode we could spend days just talking about. <laughs> Honestly, all the of one us, everyone the one that I want to say mm-hmm. because I quoted one of her talks in here is Bonnie Oscarson. Yes. So Bonnie Oscarson was in the Young Women's General Presidency for the last couple of years. She's not in there anymore. She is my favorite of all time now <laughs> because she, like, you know how in the priesthood session of conference, how there would always be those talks that are like, rah, 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 boys, you need to get it together <laughs> and go and do it. She would do that for the women, like yes. in the women's sessions. And I love that so freaking much. Like, I love it. Like, I granted, I love hearing like from all the general authorities how amazing <laughs> we're doing and how wonderful we are. Yes. I love that. But I want to have that rah, rah, rah kind of moment too. Mm-hmm. And so I love this one quote from her. It's from Rise Up in Strength, Sisters in Zion from October 2016 conference. Mm-hmm. She says, all women need to see themselves as essential participants in the work of the priesthood. Women in this church are presidents, counselors, teachers, members of councils, sisters, and mothers, and the kingdom of God cannot function unless we rise up and fulfill our duties with faith. Sometimes we just need to have a greater vision of what is possible. I love that quote so much. If you want a rah, rah, rah kind of talk, you need to read that whole talk. With that, I just want to bring that kind of to life with you. We really are essential participants in the work of salvation and in the work of the priesthood as women. Like, if you don't know how, let me tell you how. Like, I am so, Kaylee, like, I am so excited about this part. Like, She's you ready have, to just jump up I, and go. I, this is the part where I'm like, <laughs> I wish more people really understood this. Because this was something that I didn't fully grasp until I went on my mission. Mm-hmm. And it, once I was there, then I was like, how could you ever not think how amazing women are in the church? It's just amazing. Okay, so first, missionaries. When you are set apart as a missionary, you are set apart as a representative of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So literally, you as a missionary have the same power and authority that Jesus Christ did on the earth to call people to repentance, to minister to them the way that the Savior would, and to teach the way that the Savior would. So whenever you would say, as a representative of Jesus Christ, like, Mm -hmm. you are really a representative of Jesus Christ in the fullest sense of the term. It's not just a name tag. It's beautiful. Um, Another one, callings in the church. Mm -hmm. So I am the Relief Society president in our singles ward. Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're doing great. Thank you. I have been for a year and a half now. (laughs) Yikes. Okay. So when you are called to an assignment in the church, you are set apart by a priesthood holder, Mm -hmm. which means you are given the power, authority, and the keys to receive revelation for that specific calling. Mm -hmm. 
So for me, as the Relief Society president, I have been set apart to receive revelation for my Relief Society. Mm-hmm. I can ask the Lord specifically what the girls need in my ward, what I can do to help them, and I can receive revelation and specific answers for that. And so can my counselors, so can everyone that is mm-hmm. in my presidency. Right. We all have that authority. In any calling you have, whether it's a ward greeter, a pianist, family home evening, coordinator, mm-hmm. whatever your calling is, you have that same power and authority. And you can run it the way that the Lord tells you how to run it. And when someone tries to tell you that you are running it wrong, Ooh. you get to tell them that's not what the Lord is telling me because I also have gotten to do that as the Relief Society president. Oh, that's yes. That's gotta be such a good feeling. It is because like the prime example for me that I have used a lot <laughs> has been how I have ministering set up in our ward. Right. So in our ward, I received very strong revelation that we need to have it on a one-to-one basis. So we're not in partnerships. Mm-hmm. Like example, I am the ministering sister to Kaylee. Uh-huh. I minister to Kaylee Yay. and maybe one other person, mm-hmm. but it's just me and I am checking in on her and I'm making sure that she's okay on my own. And then Kaylee is the ministering sister for somebody else in the ward and she yes. is the one that's responsible for them. Mm-hmm. I felt very strongly that that's what the Lord needed us to do because we are in such a transient ward. We have a lot of turnover in our ward, and we have a lot of sisters who cannot make their schedules match, no matter how hard you try. Mm. And I prayed about it a lot, and the Lord continued to tell me that's the way that it needs to happen here. I had people from other wards, and I had high what? counselors tell mm-hmm. me that I'm doing it wrong and that I need to do it two by two. And I was like, the no. Lord has told me to do it one-on-one, so mm-hmm. no, politely disagree. And then the last one which is my absolute favorite <laughs> thing in the world. Temple workers. Yay. If you are a temple worker, you have the power to do the ordinances of salvation for your own gender. Men cannot do ordinances for women. Like they cannot take a name that's a woman and do their ordinances. Only women can do women ordinances. And In everything that we do in the temple, whether it's like baptisms, sealings, everything that we do, all of the stuff that we do in the temple, a woman is going to do it for a woman, which means that the women have that power, the same power that the men do Mm -hmm. to perform those ordinances on men, women have that same power. Mm -hmm. So if you are endowed, if you've been to the temple, you need to recognize that you have the same exact priesthood power that the men do when you are participating in the ordinances of salvation. If you have not been to the temple, I highly encourage you to get your butt to the temple. Yes. Get worthy. So worth it. Get ready. Go to the temple and it will blow your mind how much women are able to do with the priesthood as not physical priesthood bearers Mm -hmm. in the temple. It's the best. It's just amazing. And just thinking about that reminds me of we had Brad Wilcox come speak to the young single adult. Yes. (laughs) Um, What was it, like (laughs) two months ago? Oh, my goodness. It was amazing. A lot of what he talked about was just just that, that there is so much that we can do that we don't need to worry about being given the erotic and the Melchizedek priesthood because there's already so much that we're doing. We don't need to be given those – how how to phrase it? Men need – to be given the ironic priesthood mm-hmm. to be allowed to do 
They need to be given... To go to the temple at all. Yeah, period. to go to the to temple To be able to go to the mm-hmm. temple, men have to have some form of priesthood. Yes. They have to at least have the Aaronic priesthood yes. to go to the temple. Thank you for making that more clear than You're I You're welcome. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> I got you. And, yeah, and women already, women already have that. We're already in tune. We are already ready to go as long as we are worthy mm-hmm. to go to the temple to do everything that we can, that we are meant to do for ourselves and for each other. I just hadn't really thought of it that way before. And Brad Wilcox just really emphasized that. And it's like, and he was just making the point that, hey, we're all amazing. Like, yeah. remember what you have and remember what it means. Stop paying attention to what this is, what our society is saying. Stop looking at how our culture has been transforming itself. Listen to the spirit and consider where you are and what you can do. Because there is, there is so much that we can do. And I want to share this quote by Russell M. Nelson. Um, he said in his Spiritual Treasures talk just this October, he said that there are those who would undermine your ability to call upon the power of God. There are some who would have you doubt yourself and minimize your stellar spiritual ca- capacity as a righteous woman. Most certainly, the adversary does not want you to understand the covenants you made at baptism or the profound endowment of knowledge and power you have received in the temple. It grieves me to think that any of you have felt marginalized or have not been believed by a priesthood leader. I feel deep sorrow that any of you have felt sidelined, disrespected, or misjudged. Such offenses have no place in the kingdom of God. I have chills. I feel Sorry, I'm like yes. snapping so yes. much. <laughs> yes, it, oh my gosh, I just, I, I just really love hearing that because that's everything that we've been talking about. That is how our church is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. That we're supposed to not be doubted, not be minimized. We should not be feeling marginalized. Okay, that's where the patriarchy is going wrong. By sidelining us or misjudging us. That patriarchy has no place in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Okay, the priesthood does and we do. But we have to be using our abilities. We need to be using the priesthood correctly. If you do nothing else after today, (laughs) after this podcast episode. If you do nothing else, I seriously encourage you to read Spiritual Treasures from October 2019's conference. It's in the women's session. It's by President Nelson. It is the most powerful talk about women and priesthood and Mm -hmm. womanhood. Like, it is amazing. And you need to read it. Mm -hmm. Everyone needs to read it. Everyone. Um, All the time. Another one from this the same talk i'm gonna read this same one do it oh my gosh i love this so much you knew which I, was one already I, was talking about, okay. I was already talking yeah. about it with someone else today yeah. bring it um please. so this is also from spiritual treasures and he says if you are endowed but not currently married to a man who bears the priesthood and someone says to you i'm sorry you don't have the priesthood in your home please understand that that statement is incorrect You may not have a priesthood bearer in your home, but you have received and made sacred covenants with God in his temple. From those covenants flows an endowment of his priesthood power upon you. And that ties in perfectly with what we were talking about, how we as women have that priesthood power flowing through us completely. From the time that we are baptized and go through the temple and receive our endowments, like whenever you make a covenant with the Lord, you have that priesthood power flowing through you. And you have those promised blessings that come from the priesthood of God flowing through you. You don't need to have a priesthood bearer in your home just so you can say, I have the priesthood in my home. Yeah. 
that's not the point. It's not why you should get married. Just to... No. Mm-mm. You, I mean, no. I'm not saying that you don't need to have the priesthood in your home. Oh, yeah. Everybody should have the priesthood yes, in their home. Definitely. If that is the case. But, but like, yes. if you're a single mother and you know that you're not going to find your mm. second husband who has the priesthood or whatever, don't mm. stress about that. No. You still have the power of the priesthood in your home through the covenants that you have made and through the example that you are sharing with your children about how to be a strong and faithful disciple of Christ in your home. Mm-hmm. And kind of tying into that one mm-hmm. is this other quote, also from President Nelson, but it's from <laughs> 1989. It's from a talk called Woman of Infinite Worth, and it says, Opportunities for development of spiritual and intellectual potential are equal masculinity has no monopoly on the mind and femininity has no exclusive dominion over the heart the highest titles of human achievement teacher educated professional loyal employee faithful friend student of the scriptures child of god disciple of christ trusted companion loving parent are all earned under a uniform requirement of worthiness so regardless of whether you are a man or a woman it doesn't matter You can be smart, you can be tender, you can be powerful, you can be faithful, you can be strong. All of it is under a uniform of worthiness. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, what makes you who you are. Yes. It all depends on your worthiness and your willingness to be a disciple of Christ. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And I mean, I just love how it emphasizes (laughs) masculinity and femininity because our society was way too obsessed with that and that got way too heavily crowded into our LDS culture as well. Yeah. Everyone is so focused on making sure that you're masculine if you're a guy or that you're feminine if you're a girl. You know, and I mean, as much as I do love enjoying dresses, that doesn't mean I'm going to be feminine all the time. I'm <laughs> no. going to do all sorts of things. I'm going to show my strength. I- I'm going to show every side of myself because I have so many sides because I'm a human being and there are different ways that we present ourselves. And I want to share something that uh, James E. Faust shared in April 2000. It's in his talk titled, Womanhood, the Highest Place of Honor. I wonder if you sisters fully understand the greatness of your gifts and talents and how all of you can achieve the highest place of honor in the church and in the world. One of your unique, precious, and sublime gifts is your femininity with its natural grace, goodness, and divinity. Femininity is not just lipstick, stylish hairdos, and trendy clothes. It is the divine adornment of humanity. It finds expression in your qualities of your capacity to love, your spirituality, delicacy, radiance, sensitivity, creativity, charm, graciousness, gentleness, dignity, and quiet strength. It is manifest differently in each girl or woman, but each of you possesses it. Femininity is part of your inner beauty. One of your particular gifts is your feminine intuition. Do not limit yourselves. It really explains it in a, in a certain manner that society tends to be like, oh, you're feminine. You wear dresses. You wear lipstick. You... <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's not what it is. One of our gifts is our femininity. And you know what? Guys can be feminine as well, of course. But it's something that women have been given and that we're supposed to be putting to use in any way that we can. Whether it does represent as a wife or a mother or as a daughter of God or as a friend or a good person. Yeah, and I think the big thing out of that quote is um, that last line. One of your particular gifts is your feminine intuition. Do not limit yourselves. I think that is 
so important that we recognize that we each have been blessed as women with this gift to know when something is right and to know when something is wrong. Mm -hmm. Quicker than most men, (laughs) I would like to point out. Women can always tell when something is off about someone, Mm -hmm. whether it's they're giving creepy vibes or whether they are like having a rough day, whether they're okay, whether they're happy. Like women can always tell. You can Mm -hmm. always tell because women have that gut instinct and that special intuition and that certain, uh, what is it? President Nelson calls it a moral compass Mm -hmm. where we can really tell what it is. And with it, we can use that gift to protect the people around us and to help the people around us. Obviously, the big quote that came out of the women's session this year Mm-hmm. was from President Nelson. If Another the world one. loses the moral rectitude of its women, the world will never recover. Like, if we lose that gift, mm-hmm. then we're done for. Like, the world as a whole is done for. And I think that's so powerful that <laughs> that's all kind of riding on women. Like <laughs> The world will end as you know it <laughs> if this goes away. Yeah. So, women, stay strong. Men, be supportive. Yeah. And I think that we're seeing it happen more and more in the church now. I wrote this in our notes. (laughs) I wrote, welcome to 2019, where the church is trying to make it clear that women are just as important as men are to the plan of salvation, the church, and the world. And I really mean that because we have seen, I've read talks all the way back to like the 1950s where they're talking about women and they highlight the gifts that women have and the like talents that women have and the power that women have, mm-hmm. but they don't hit it quite as hard as they have been hitting it over the last five or that 10 years. Mm-hmm. Over the last five years, easily the last five years, they have really hit hard that women are central to the plan of salvation, to the church, to the world, and that women are just as important as men are. The whole point of the freaking gospel is being good enough on your own because you are in charge of your own freaking salvation. You are not responsible for the salvation of anyone else except for you. Amen. That's just it. (laughs) So like Mm -hmm. all of the changes that are happening this year is making it clear that women are really just as important and key Mm -hmm. as men are. In summary, basically... (laughs) Women are important. (laughs) The patriarchy is falling, and all who rebel against the smash of the patriarchy will be smitten by the hand of God. (laughs) Not really, but that's what I'm hoping for one day. (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) Honestly, like, the fall of the patriarchy is not meant to make men think that they are less than anything. All we want is for the fall of the patriarchy to be that women and men are equal partners in life. Everything comes down to expecting the best from one another. <sighs> yeah. That was very well said. Thank you. Crazy. Thank you. Who am my soapbox today? <laughs> <laughs> it was the soapbox that has been needed to be said by someone for so long though. Okay, like all I want to do is like put you in my pocket and send you to Utah where I know like at least 10 people off the top of my head are I'm like, Tracy, just go. Tell them. <laughs> tell them the truth. Just let them see the light of day and understand that, that that's the thing, that women matter, that we are not supposed to be on a step behind men. We're not like, on the not bench. Helping. It's no. not like a football game where we're no. like the second string. Oh like we're gosh. not on the bench. We're not warming the bench. Mm-hmm. We are in the game with you. We're in the game. You need to give us the ball and 
let us go. Just let me score the touchdown, dang it. I'm wide open. (laughs) We can do it. We can take the punches. We can give the punches. I mean, I know that's not technically what you do in football, but you get the idea. (laughs) Tackles, it works. (laughs) Tackles, yeah. Same thing. But, like, honestly, it's... It all comes down to this, and we want you guys to recognize how faithful Latter-day Saints, both men and women, can smash the patriarchy within our daily lives and within the church. Mm -hmm. So, number one, accountability. Both women and men need to be accountable and hold each other accountable for their actions, for their words, for everything. Mm -hmm. For their callings. For their callings. Mm -hmm. Everything. Expect the best from each other. Support one another. Uplift one another. But don't allow a boys-to-be-boys mentality Mm -mm. or abuse of power or abuse of, yeah, authority in any way, shape, or form. That's why chastisement happens. Yeah. Sometimes everyone needs it. Yeah. Bishop, Relief Society President, anybody could. The Lord chastens those Mm -hmm. who he loves. Yes. So if you know that Jesus loves you, then you also know that he'll chasten you. When you need it. And someone will do it for you. Um, and on top of accountability, another way is to um, include, make sure women are included on the decision-making processes within church and stake events. That Relief Society leaders, they are supposed to be in ward councils. Every voice matters. I mean, even if they end up being wrong, at least you've heard them. At least they've had an opportunity to say something. And you can learn from that way on. Because then, yeah, if they need to be chastened, they will get chastened. Yep. But the important thing is that women do need to be included. So it's not a patriarchy filled with bad ideas. Yeah. And going with that... When it comes to discussions about anything that pertains to women, it is best to bring in a woman. You have to. (laughs) If you are like, so we'll use an example of like a ward council. If the bishopric and the elders quorum president and the Sunday school president are trying to talk about something that relates to the Relief Society, to the women in the church, and they are trying to make that decision for the Relief Society, you should stop and listen at that point. Because- The Relief Society president needs to be talking about this. Those discussions need to be had by men and women together. It's Mm -hmm. a council. Mm -hmm. You counsel together Mm -hmm. and you counsel with the Lord together. All right. So another one is (laughs) learn about your divine nature, roles, and qualities as a woman. Yes, motherhood is a big part of the plan of salvation, but you weren't just made to be a baby factory. You have skills, gifts, and talents that men don't have, And you need to learn about what they are and how they make an impact on society at large. Mm -hmm. As soon as you learn who you are as a woman and as a daughter of God, the doors open for you everywhere. Agreed. And this is something that I've actually really struggled with for most of my... Okay, I think a lot of people... A lot of women have struggled with this because, you know, we've heard it from the beginning. Adam and Eve were commanded to multiply and replenish the earth. That was one of the, like, the first commandments that they, that any, any of mankind was given. So that's always on our minds to be like, okay, this is going to happen. Kids always thought that they're eventually going to get married. Then they're going to have families. But you know what? I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're single adults. And our worth is not defined by our marriage or by our spouse or by anyone but ourselves. We Mm -hmm. have a divine worth and it is so important that we understand it and that we are able to embrace it. Because if we are given opportunities to, you know, get married, to have kids, to have a family, then that is wonderful. But that, that doesn't define who we are. We're still going to be who we were born to be and who we are meant to be. We are still the same daughter 
of our Heavenly Father as we were in the very beginning. And it's important that we don't set that to the side or set it onto a shelf to get Jesse because that's not what we're supposed to do. Yeah, you said this a couple weeks ago that if we weren't complete on our own, then the Lord would have had us be born with that. Like you had said, like, if we were incomplete as solo people and we're only going to be complete with another person, Mm -hmm. then the Lord would have had us be made at the same time and born at the same time as that other person that would make us whole and complete. You are important. You matter on your own. You have value and you are amazing. You don't need someone else to tell you that and to make you feel like that. And the last one is women should not be apologizing for being strong and having opinions because that's how we were made. Mm -hmm. We were literally made to be like God. We were made to be strong. We were made to have opinions. We were made to balance men and to be a balance for one another. Men, you don't have to apologize for having strong opinions and women don't have to apologize for having strong opinions. Yeah. What we just really want to highlight is that just because this is how things have been in the past doesn't mean that's the way things have to be. You can look back at any of history, any piece of history, just see how things continuously change. And they are supposed to change. We're supposed to develop. We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to learn as we go. And it's important that we take these into consideration to make sure that we are supporting one another as much as possible in the gospel and within the church and the church culture. I mean, our Heavenly Father and our Heavenly Mother want the best for us, and it's time that we start considering that for one another as well. Yeah. You have been blessed with an opportunity to come to the earth at this time to make things the way that they need to be for when the Lord comes back a second time. We want to uplift one another and help one another get to the celestial kingdom. We want everyone to have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So we hope that that's what you got out of our episode today. We know we talked a lot (laughs) about the patriarchy. It's something that we're really passionate about. Very. Um, But we really hope that you understand where we're coming from and what we are trying to explain. We shared a couple of things that were from actual doctrine, and we shared things that were from what we've researched in society, and we've right. shared a lot of things that are public opinions. Mm-hmm. This is not at all a church-sponsored podcast. It is not. This is just two girls who have lots of opinions <laughs> and want to talk about things. Yeah. So... We hope that we taught you guys something. We are open to learning more from you guys as well. So if you have anything that you would like to show us or tell us about that we didn't think about or we didn't include in this episode. What did we forget? Please email us. We will be sharing the email address at the end of this episode. (laughs) And, (laughs) And we are also going to be posting on the Facebook page the links to our research including the talks that we looked at for this topic mm-hmm. they will all be on the facebook page under an episode two note yes. sort of thing correct so take a all look at those if you have more things that you want to share with us please let us know we want to hear from you we want to know everything we want to help each other learn and grow in this journey so mm-hmm. that's all i got what about yeah. you girl I think you said it all really well. I think we've already said everything we could. We are all amazing children of God. Let's do nice things. And while we're at it, we might as well smash the patriarchy. With the spirit and a smile. Bye. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of Masterpiece Theater from PBS. 
just kidding. Thanks for listening today. If you have any thoughts from this episode, things you want to hear in the future, or just want to be friends, email us at funeralpotatoesforthesingles at gmail.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram. 